Hello, my friends. I don't even know if I'm allowed to ask these questions, but can you question the vaccine itself, or is that banned? Um, it's banned on YouTube. Is it banned other places? And, and what if you're just reading the warning label on the vaccines? Does that constitute illegal questioning of vaccines? What if you're a new Democrat member of parliament who got a vaccine and is now worried? I don't know. I'll take you through some of the contradictions in the matter. Let me invite you to become a subscriber to what we call Rebel News Plus. It's the video version of this podcast. I do a daily show, obviously. Sheila Gunn-Reed, David Menzies, Andrew Chapados do a weekly show. And um, I think just as important as what you get in terms of content is we get the eight bucks a month, which I know doesn't sound like a lot, but it adds up. And that's what allows us to be independent and not reliant on government. I would never take money from the government, unlike 99% of the Canadian media, which is why we need viewer support. So please consider being a Rebel News Plus subscriber. Just go to rebelnews.com and click subscribe. Thanks. Here's today's show. Tonight, who is allowed to ask tough questions about the vaccines? Anyone? It's May 13th, and this is the Ezra Levant Show. Why should others go to jail Why? when you're a biggest carbon consumer I know? There's 8,500 customers here, and you won't give them an answer. The only thing I have to say to the government about why I publish it is because it's my bloody right to do so. I don't know if you noticed this. I mean, it's been going on for years. You know you're not allowed to talk about certain things, right? You're not even allowed to ask certain questions. That's never a good sign. Uh, but it's terrifying when it's about the central crisis of our time, the pandemic we're in, and much more gravely, the political authoritarian response to the pandemic. That's the real virus, I think. Did you know there are rules about what you can or can't say about the virus? Well, maybe not rules that bind you, but certainly rules that bind me. Here at Rebel News, we have more than 1.45 million YouTube subscribers. It's the heart of our business. And look at the rules they have for talking about vaccines and the pandemic. COVID-19 medical misinformation policy. YouTube doesn't allow content about COVID-19 that poses a serious risk of egregious harm. <laughs> now, in the past, uh, they would take that to mean you can't put videos up of extremely dangerous stunts or violence. But look what they take that to mean now. YouTube doesn't allow content about COVID-19 that poses a serious risk of egregious harm. YouTube doesn't allow content that spreads medical misinformation that contradicts local health authorities or the World Health Organization's medical information about COVID-19. This is limited to content that contradicts World Health Organization or local health authorities' guidance on treatment, prevention, diagnosis, transmission, social distancing and self-isolation guidelines, the existence of COVID-19. Okay. But, but aren't some of those things subject to debate? I, is there only one opinion that's allowed on these things? 
And the answer is yes. Here, I'll read you some more of the rules. What this policy means for you, if you're posting content, don't post content on YouTube. If it includes any of the following treatment misinformation, content that encourages the use of home remedies, prayer or rituals in place of medical treatment such as consulting a doctor or going to the hospital, content that claims there's a guaranteed cure for COVID-19, content that recommends use of ivermectin or hydroxychloroquine for the treatment of COVID-19, claims that ivermectin or hydroxychloroquine are effective treatments for COVID-19, other content that discourages people from consulting a medical professional or seeking medical advice, prevention misinformation, contact that promotes prevention methods that contradict local health authorities or World Health Organization. There's a lot in there, um, but let me just pick one thing. You know, a lot of doctors recommend hydroxychloroquine. It's a drug that's been around for decades. It's well known. Doctors know, well, it's not an experimental drug at all. Now, I don't know if they're right. It might be experimental to apply to COVID-19, but there are real doctors with real patients who say it really works. In fact, I remember in the very early days of the pandemic, uh, we showed a survey of hundreds of working frontline doctors fighting COVID around the world, including even in China. And hydroxychloroquine and azithromycin were those working doctors' top recommendations. Now, maybe they're wrong, or maybe it's a minority opinion, but you're not even allowed to say it online? And the authority that must be obeyed is the United Nations Agency called the World Health Organization that's controlled by China? You've got so many things wrong about China, like this notorious tweet from the early days. This is from the World Health Organization. Preliminary investigations conducted by the Chinese authorities have found no clear evidence of human-to-human -human transmission of the novel coronavirus 219 identified in Wuhan, China. That, that wasn't just wrong, that was a lie that was covering up for the Chinese dictatorship that was propaganda from the World Health Organization. You're not allowed to contradict them. Here's a few more things that you just aren't allowed to say. You can't say the earth is flat, so you can say, pardon me, you can say the earth is flat. <laughs> That's not bad on YouTube. You can say, I don't know, that there are aliens, there are UFOs, Elvis is still alive. You can believe in the theory of man-made global warming. You can claim that we only have 10 years left to live because we're all going to burn up or global warming or whatever it is now. Uh, you can have an opinion right or wrong about anything. You can deny facts, but not about the precious pandemic and its quasi-religious tenets like these. I'm going to read a little bit more. I'm almost through these. Claims that wearing a mask is dangerous or causes negative physical health effects. Claims that masks do not play a role in preventing the contraction or transmission of COVID-19. You, you just can't claim these things, even if that's what actual scientific studies show. You, you just can't say those things. Claim that an approved COVID-19 vaccine will alter a person's genetic makeup. Uh, well, listen, various scientific and medical journals call the Pfizer and Moderna vaccines gene therapy. Are you allowed to say that? I mean, these medical journals do. Claims that any vaccine causes contraction of COVID-19. Now, I, I don't know if that's the case, but are, are you saying that if it were found to be the case, you're not allowed to report it as news? This next rule is quite something. Social distancing and self-isolation misinformation. Content that disputes the efficacy of local health authorities or the World Health Organization's guidance on physical distancing 
or self-isolation measures to reduce transmission of COVID-19. So every single local authority is right, even when they disagree with each other. So in the UK, there's a five-day quarantine when arriving at the airport. In Canada, there's a 14-day quarantine, three of which you have to be in some COVID hotel. So they're both right, and you can't criticize either of them. Because you know you've got different rules in different countries and provinces and states and even city by city, and they're all correct. And if you disagree with any of them, you're always wrong because that's very dangerous. That's egregious harm, according to YouTube. It's a very, very long list of things that you just can't say. Just about this subject, they also, they also say you can't repeat in any way Donald Trump's claims that the election was stolen from him. I, I'm not kidding about that either. You might... Uh, Recall, that's why we were censored by YouTube. You can be a Democrat and claim that the 2016 election was stolen. That's what the Democrats said for four years. Um, you can say Trump stole it or Russia stole it or whatever. You can say that without any proof. But no one is allowed to claim that the 2020 election was stolen from Trump. In fact, if, if you remember, I did a video on that um, in January. And then three months later, YouTube decided that that was... The reason they were taking me down because I showed a clip that had a brief Trump moment where he claimed that, and so YouTube suspended us for a week. So that's the world of tech censorship now. Now it gets worse if you um, still speak out, despite the warnings from the United Nations and China and the World Health Organization and YouTube. And I mean, <laughs> who wouldn't set their moral compass by them? They'll just, I don't know, go to their safe place, which is to call you a racist. Here's a globalist from Calgary, uh, my old debating partner, actually, named Nahid Nenshi. He's the, the mayor of Calgary. And here's what he has to say. Those people at those anti-mask protests, let's not kid ourselves. They're not people who need to eat. They are people who are marching in thinly veiled white nationalist supremacist anti-government protests. And they don't deserve that kind of sympathy. OK, got it. So if you don't like his lockdowns, you're a white supremacist. Here's Jagmeet Singh, the NDP leader. Uh, yes, I do think that there is uh, an ex connection with people who, who aren't wearing a mask or who aren't following public health guidance and the extreme right and the idea that folks in the extreme right don't care about people around them, uh, aren't concerned about the safety and well-being of people generally, their neighbors and the people in, in the community, and, and to, to brazenly not follow public health guidelines put people, puts people at risk. And that is, that is something that we've seen with extreme right-wing uh, ideology, putting people at risk, not being concerned about the safety of others, not being concerned about the welfare of others. There is a connection, certainly. Got it. Now, if I were Jagmeet Singh, who is so closely associated with extremist terrorists that he is literally banned from traveling to India, I don't think I'd be accusing my fellow Canadians of being extremists just because they don't like lockdowns. In fact, people who oppose the lockdowns, they come from all walks of life. They're from all races and religions, and there's a lot of lefties there, too. Uh, I was sort of startled to see that Robert F. Kennedy Jr. was taking the real lead on this issue in Europe, Naomi Wolf. Lots of organic, sort of hippie, natural living types. It's as much a lefty thing as a right-wing thing. It's a working-class thing, really, to be opposed to the lockdowns. But, but there you have it. If you disagree with your local politicians, YouTube will ban you. If you question the science, which changes all the time, YouTube will ban you. Other social media, too, Facebook, Instagram. Say, what's the science on the vaccines, though? You know they're all experimental, right? You know none of them would normally be on the market, none of them would be injected into people at this stage without more tests, right? I mean, you, you know that, right? They're, they're just, because we're in an emergency, 
and therefore emergency use only because of the pandemic, that we now know predominantly attacks people in their 80s who have severe pre-existing health conditions like diabetes, stroke, heart disease, dementia, et cetera. So usually three or four of these underlying conditions. So you know that the COVID-19 virus is not really a young, healthy person's thing, right? And you still want to take experimental medicine that has not been fully tested yet. Um, this is Pfizer's website. You can find the same thing on all of them. Uh, Pfizer is a leading vaccine maker. This is from their website. Let me read a little bit of it. The Pfizer-BioNTech COVID-19 vaccine has not been approved or licensed by the U.S. Food and Drug Administration, FDA, but has been authorized for emergency use by FDA under an emergency use authorization to prevent COVID-19 for use in individuals 12 years of age and older. The emergency use of this product is only authorized for the duration of the declaration that circumstances exist justifying the authorization of, of emergency use of the medical product under Section 564B1 of the FD&C Act unless the declaration is terminated or authorization revoked sooner. So these vaccines are not approved. They have not proven themselves. They have not gone through all their experiments yet. It's not approved, but it's authorized, which is different. That means we don't know if it's safe yet. They haven't been proved yet, but you're allowed to use them anyways because we're in an emergency, emergency. So do you feel like you're in an emergency willing to take a medicine that has not yet been approved? Let me read just a little bit more from the Pfizer page. This is from their website. Am I allowed to say this? I don't know. It, it raises a lot of questions, but it's from the vaccine company. What are the side effects of the Pfizer-BioNTech COVID-19 vaccine? There is a remote chance that the Pfizer-BioNTech COVID-19 vaccine could cause a severe allergic reaction. A severe allergic reaction would usually occur within a few minutes to one hour after getting a dose of the Pfizer-BioNTech COVID-19 vaccine. For this reason, your vaccination provider may ask you to stay at the place where you receive your vaccine for monitoring after vaccination. Signs of a severe allergic reaction can include Difficulty breathing, swelling of your face and throat, a fast heartbeat, a bad rash all over your body, dizziness and weakness. Side effects that have been reported with the Pfizer-BioNTech COVID-19 vaccine include severe allergy, allergic reactions, severe, non-severe allergic reactions, such as rash, itching, hives or swelling in the face, injection site pains, tiredness, headache, muscle pains, chills, joint pain, fever, injection site swelling, injection site redness, nausea, feeling unwell, swollen lymph nodes, diarrhea, vomiting, arm pain. These are not all the possible side effects of the Pfizer-BioNTech vaccine. Serious and unexpected side effects may occur. Pfizer-BioNTech COVID-19 vaccine is still being studied in clinical trials. Um, am I allowed to say any of this? I mean, I'm just reading from Pfizer. Is that okay that I, that I say these things? But what about that AstraZeneca vaccine business? Is this safe? Is it authorized? It's not approved yet, but is it authorized? Who's it authorized for? That seems to change all the time. And when? And for one dose or two? And how long should you wait between doses? And do the rules change because of science or because of politics? 
Here, get a load of the boss. The prime minister and the government don't make health recommendations. That's not my job. My job is to, is I shared, uh, for example, what uh, the uh, member asked, what advice I personally got from my doctor. I certainly encourage all Canadians to talk to their doctors. Uh, who will then be informed by experts and doctors, both in their jurisdictions, uh, in their provinces and territories, and uh, by uh, the national guidance from NACI and from Health Canada. Uh, that is the best way to move forward. Don't take recommendations from politicians, particularly not conservatives. Take recommendations from your doctors and the experts. Yeah. Does anyone trust these people? Well, if you're confused, you're not the only one. Banning AstraZeneca, then unbanning it, then telling people it's really, really good. Unless you can avoid it, please take another one. Or Johnson & Johnson, that that was paused. And then politicians wonder why people don't want to sign up for these vaccines. They can't even give them away. One U.S. state is actually offering weekly lotteries for a million dollars for people who take the vaccine. Wow, that must be some terrifying pandemic if you have to bribe people with a million dollar payout to take the vaccine. But look at poor Charlie Angus. You know who he is? He's the NDP member of parliament from Northern Ontario. You know, I really like him about half the time and I really don't like him uh, the other half the time, but he's actually one of the few independent-minded MPs. So let's give him that. Uh, look what he wrote on Twitter. I took the first dose of AstraZeneca. The question is, what is the plan for the second dose? Ontario says it's an issue of blood clots. Alberta says it's a lack of supply. Justin is spinning the benefits of a one-dose summer. People clear, deserve clear answers from health officials. That's Charlie Angus. He's an NDP MP. He works for Jagmeet Singh. Is Charlie Angus, as Jagmeet Singh would say, is, is he a white supremacist, racist, extremist? Or as YouTube would say about him, silence. Stay with us for more. had the theory for a while now that one of the reasons why Canada is making travel so very difficult is that the government doesn't want you to see other places where life is normalizing. Uh, and by so difficult, I don't just mean the 14-day quarantine to come back home, which bans so many forms of travel, because who can take 14 days after a short business trip? Or if you were to take a longer vacation, who can add on two weeks and time off? I think that's designed to dampen the number of people who go abroad at all. And then the actual COVID hotels at the airports, where you have to stay in a crappy hotel at an extremely high price, uh, really like a prisoner. I think that was deliberately designed to be an awful experience and deliberately designed to be a media scandal, again, to scare people away from traveling. So if you can't go, to Florida or Texas to see that places are normalizing. And the only way you can learn about the world is what you see in your own town and everyone's wearing a mask. Or see on the media, which is propaganda, well then you're gonna stay obedient and conditioned to be a prisoner. And this is a theory of mine, having not left the country for 14 months myself. As you may know, in the before times, I traveled to the United States from time to time and I had a bit of a habit of traveling to the United Kingdom for various reasons, including our interest in the case of Tommy Robinson, 
who fought a series of free speech battles, which were of great interest to us and to me. I haven't been over there since March of 2020. So um, I can only figure out the world through the eyes of the media too, and it's a difficult thing. But a couple of weeks ago, we sent one of our youngest reporters, Lincoln Jay, and we sent him to the UK to do some stories on some Fight the Fines cases we've had over there and to look around. And the very first thing we realized is that they only have a five-day quarantine going into the UK, and you don't have to serve it at a quarantine jail in the airport. And once Lincoln got through his five-day mini-quarantine, even before that, frankly, he could see out of his hotel window that people were getting back to normal. The pubs, while not open inside, all had their patios open. And Lincoln is there right now. He joins us via Skype. Lincoln, great to see you. You've been over there in the UK for more than a week now. If you had to sum it up, what, how would you describe it and compare it to Canada? Well, first of all, like you said, having the patios open is huge, right? It's, it gives people something to do. But besides that, you can go to the gym right now, work out. If you don't wear a mask inside the gym, I think that's a that would be a huge shocker to most Canadians. The fact that you don't have to wear a gym, or sorry, wear a mask inside of a gym, which is a closed indoor facility. So that is like the first culture shock. But nonetheless, the whole just the whole vibe here is different. You know, you I would say like my estimate is that two to three out of ten people aren't wearing masks, and that's on the tube, like the tube being the like the subway in Toronto, and when you don't wear a mask, no one tells you to put one on. In Canada, if you go into a grocery store without a mask, you'll have a number of people telling you to put the mask on. So that is the, it's, it's honestly been a bit of a culture shock. And I don't think you mentioned, but they are planning to open indoor dining on Monday. They're going to be opening amenities in gyms such as steam rooms and saunas. So it seems, unless they do something crazy, it seems that life might be largely returning back to the UK. Yeah. Um, now, you came from Toronto, which is one of the most viciously locked down cities in Canada. So um, there are other places in Canada that weren't quite as brutal, although you can't even say that anymore. I mean, Alberta has literally been jailing pastors and and. And, of course, there's a curfew on in most parts of Quebec. Um, I think you're right to say that the scolding, that's a particularly Canadian thing. To You know, the goody two-shoes, uh, flip it around, a form of virtue signaling. I'm better than you. I'm going to be the mask police. And that that's a really ugly part of, I think, a, a Canadian mindset. I'm not saying all Canadians. I don't, you know, I don't do that. But I, yeah. but I think that is something people across Canada, at least in cities, I don't think country people are crazy like that. So you're saying that scolding, snitching, where's your mask, pull it up over your nose, you haven't encountered that in the UK. Is that what you're saying? I, I'm not lying to you, not once. It's, it's weird for me to even look at someone across, say, uh, I like using the reference being on the tube, right, on the subway. And seeing people, you can just look across and people aren't wearing masks. It feels like it's like how it was back in 2019 and prior, you know. So it's, uh, it honestly took me a bit of getting used to, 
you know. And another thing is that on on the London transport, so whether that's you're taking the bus, the tube, whatever it may be, so they do have a they do have announcements at every stop saying, please remember to wear your face covering. But the th- the thing that I notice is that at the end of the announcement, they say please be mindful to people that have exemptions. Not all exemptions are vi- are visible, you know, oh, so. they say that, eh? Wow. Yeah, I noticed that right away. So, yeah, that really stood out to me. That's very opposite, as you may know, because we have that website, um, maskexemption.ca. There are exemptions in every single mask law in Canada. Uh, I've read them all. They all have exemptions. You can think of some obvious ones. But... Um, exemption, exemptions are treated as abuses. And, you know, I have a friend who's asthmatic. He can't wear a mask at all. The abuse he tells me he gets, he's not a faker. He's, he, he cannot wear that thing on his face. And the uh, torrent of abuse, it's like people say, uh-huh, I'm so frustrated. I'm going to expiate all my frustration from the, I'm gonna, on him I'm going to get it out on him, and I'm going to uh, falsely say he's why we're in this situation. I've got a scapegoat. I'm going to take out all the sins of society on him because he's not wearing a mask. The mask, the mask is such a, such a symbol. It is the flag of lockdownism, and you're telling me that in the United Kingdom, that flag is optional. Yes, it is, it is optional. Now, to be honest with you, the people have told me that they, you will run into, let's say you see a police officer at a, at a station, they may ask you to to show your exemption if you're not wearing a mask. But personally, I haven't run into anything like that. I haven't encountered any issues. I haven't been wearing the mask at all. It's 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 honestly insane. Like I, I've been telling everyone at the office, everything, and it's hard for them to grasp too. Yeah. But it, it's the truth. Yeah, no, well, listen, that's, that shows how rewired your brain is in our whole society. We have to get back to that before time. So I should tell you, I, I think you may be legally incorrect if you're implying that you have to show your police an exemption. There, I don't believe that that is the case either in Canada or the UK. That would be tantamount to police asking for your medical, private medical information, which I don't believe is the law. Um, speaking of the law, one of the reasons you're over there, besides to tell the story of what the UK is like, is to uh, do a little bit of work on our fight to find cases in the UK. We have over 1,200 fight to find cases, but the vast majority of them are in Canada. Um, I just was talking to our UK team today. We're sort of winding down our fight to find UK because. You know, the lockdown's being lifted. Police are not being as abusive. People really want to get back to normal. I'm not saying there aren't civil liberties infringements. I'm just saying, you know, we're based in Canada. This is where the harshest lockdowns are. Um, This is where the crisis is. Tell me a minute about some of the fight the fines cases that you are working on over there in the UK. Well, the first one, we actually got one out yesterday, which was, I think, is a it's a very relatable story to, to anyone who's, uh, to any, to any family. So it was a, a mother who took her family to the beach, you know, for, for simply for exercise. Right. And that's, you're allowed open air recreation. That rule never changed during, during the lockdown here in the UK. And, uh, she was, uh, approached by police and, uh, long story short, they, uh, they ended up handcuffing her and putting her in the back of a police car 
for simply, they call it playing ball with their kids. So I assume that's uh, playing football, soccer, right? And, uh, you know, it's, it's hard to grasp. A, another one is a, a uh, older gentleman with his wife. They, they took a trip down for groceries and they decided to stop at the beach for uh, have a cup of tea and just, just relax. And I think the most interesting part about that is that they were inside their car the whole time. They didn't, they didn't exit their car, and the police did the same thing. They came and basically accused them of, of violating the restrictions at the time. So, uh, you know, I guess that's the reason why we are doing this this campaign, Fight the Fines, to, to bring light to these kind of situations and, uh, and hopefully to help stop them in the future, which I think they've already had an impact for sure. Yeah. Well, I'm very proud of the work. Our, our UK lawyers are fantastic. Uh, the clients, I mean, I, I worked on our, our very first UK case, Amy Stewart being the, the client, a wonderful lady who was clearly abused by police, thrown in the black back of a police vehicle, just outrageous. Um, and it was funny because in the early months, I was far more worried about Australia and the UK than in Canada. Um, yeah. It's like we saw a premonition of how bad things can be in those jurisdictions. And then we didn't really start to see the craziness in Canada until the fall, and then it's just been outrageous this spring. Of course, as you know, we are suing various police forces in Canada on behalf of our own reporters. I think uh, you yourself were arrested or manhandled by yeah. police for doing journalism. So it's just the civil liberties dissent, it's slowly at first, and then it goes quite quickly. Well, listen, I'm glad you're over there. I'm glad you're tidying up those fight the fines cases. And given the journey you've made over there, I hope that you take the time. I know you're, you're working on a story from Dover on human smuggling into the UK from the mainland. I, I look forward to seeing your reports on the other stories in that kingdom, which I miss go, uh, going to very much. And I hope that we will be normalized soon too, but I very much doubt it. I have to say, looking at the total bungling of the situation in Canada, I, and I, I I hate to say it, I think we're going to be in a form of lockdown well into 2022. I mean, can you believe it? It's almost June, and we are still in the harshest lockdowns of the whole pandemic. This whole, this whole pandemic since last March, it honestly just feels like a bad dream. Yeah. There's no, there's no other way to put it. It just feels like a bad dream. Well, uh, you're lucky to be over there in the UK, and I'm sure you're enjoying it. As a young man, London is one of the world's most fascinating cities. Uh, I forget who it was who said to be bored with London is to be bored with life, because everything is in London, and for all its flaws, it's a great city, and there's a lot of stories there. So I look forward to yeah. seeing more stories from you. Lincoln, thanks for flying the rebel flag over in the UK. You take care out there. My pleasure. Thank you, Ezra, for having me. All right. There you go. If you're interested in seeing our UK cases, they're at fightthefines.co.uk. Those are the special cases we're taking in the United Kingdom. I think there's about a dozen of them compared to the approximately 1,200 in Canada. But we do have a base in the UK, and we love them. And it was very heartbreaking to me to see how abusive police in the UK became which uh, really British police, the Bobbies, taught the world about modern policing, and they were the first to forget it too. Uh, as you know, Lincoln has been doing other work with us. 
You can see his other videos at LockdownReports.com. All right, stay with us. Your letters are news. On my show last night, SS writes, it didn't take long after January 21st for the world to start falling apart. Yeah, you know what? Um, nature abhors a vacuum. And with Donald Trump no longer the boss of the free world, well, other people fill that void. FD writes, those rockets were peacefully protesting just like the Black Lives Matter. Yeah, oh, and those uh, mean Israelis sending up their Iron Dome anti-missiles. Dave writes, how did they get the rockets in the first place? Who supplied them? Well, um, sometimes they're made. Uh, sometimes Iran smuggles them in. Uh, Gaza, of course, has access to the Mediterranean Sea. But they're fairly simple things that can be made with relatively... Like, they're not high-precision, um, you know, the, the kind of rockets that the U.S. military would use. They're, they're one step above homemade. They don't have to be particularly accurate because if you're shooting in a city, anywhere that lands, you're probably going to kill a civilian. That's our show for today. Until tomorrow, on behalf of all of us here at Rebel World Headquarters and you at home, good night. Keep fighting for freedom.